to the 15-Minute Chronic Pain Experience Podcast. I am your host, Dina Chopolis, the Chief Curator and Pain Coach at Pain to Possibilities, where we have been transforming pain experience since 2018. Today, we will be talking with a good friend I met on Facebook, Mr. Trevor Barker. Trevor writes and talks about his experience growing up in Australia and his living with persistent pain for over 20 years. Trevor has worked alongside Professor Lorimer Mosley and Associate Professor David Butler with a unique charity called Pain Revolution. Speaking across Australia as he shares his story of what it was like living in pain, how his reliance on medical treatments increased his pain, and what he discovered that helped him manage and live well with persisting pain. Four years post undertaking an outstanding pain management program, Trevor now works as a pain coach and educator around the world. Fresh from speaking at the San Diego Pain Summit on his favorite subject, Dim Sin Therapy. Well, hello again, Trevor, and welcome back to this podcast. I am so excited to have you back for our third and final episode, where we'll be doing a deep dive into understanding what your biggest takeaways were from your persistent pain transformation. So what would you tell our listeners were your greatest learnings from your pain transformation process? Well, that's a big question. Then. <laughs> it's just great, great to be back. Uh, I, I did mention that we're not stuck where we are. Things can change. And there's possibility for change. And I was touring Tasmania with Pain Revolution in, in March 2019, three years after I did the program, and Professor Lorimer Mosley got up and spoke. And what he said really hit me, and, and I remember it very clearly because he said, we are now within the pain science world. We are now able to confidently say there's a realistic possibility for recovery using these approaches. Wow. And the, the, the approaches I learned were about key learnings were um, pain, pain doesn't equal tissue damage, that um, pain's more about psychological and social stuff and and we have an opportunity to influence our psychological well-being and our social life. We can choose to be with people who care about us and love us. Mm -hmm. And if we don't have anybody in our life that currently does and they're all bad news, then we can start to look around and, and develop new relationships. We don't have to be stuck where we're at. And when Professor Lorana Mosley said that, I, I listened because he chooses his words carefully and he backs them up. And so there is now a real prospect for recovery. And I've come off all my pain medication after the program. I've started to get moving and re-engaged in, in work and, and life. And it wasn't until April in 2018 that I learned about DIM Sim therapy. And, and uh, the pain program I did uses the latest research, but DIM Sim therapy hadn't been trialled and, and approved for use in, in that, that sense until late 2017. And, and uh, Dave Butler, who um, came up with the idea, spoke about it at, at a Pain Revolution education event in Albury that I was um, at. And DIM stands for danger in me, SIM stands for safety in me. Mm -hmm. So we have 
all of our senses, all of our thoughts and beliefs can either be used to ramp up distress and focus on danger, 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 or safety. So what I learned was that the messages and the beliefs that I had about myself in my PMS state were connected to DIMS and, and the, the DIM of move and you'll hurt yourself and you'll have a flare-up. Not that I had flare-up in my language, but essentially things will get a whole lot worse if you move. So you've right. got to stay still to protect yourself from getting worse. Mm -hmm. That was a DIM and that drove my behaviour to the point of lying down with hot water bottles all the time. Right. Well, I could change that DIM into a SIM. And I did that by thinking, or going to the physio and saying, well, tell me, what am I safe to do? And Great question to ask. <laughs> and, and so you can bend, you can move, you can twist, you can get walking, all of those things. Um, you especially do it in the water because that's very safe. Yeah. And you're not going to cause tissue damage. So just knowing that. Right. Permission. Even if I was experiencing pain, that pain didn't, connect directly to tissue damage it was my hypersensitivity that still needed a bit of work on so we can be very clear that if we're safe to move then that's a good thing yes motion is lotion absolutely and we can also think about sims safety in me and one of the key things for me was that i can be safe i can have friends that care about me I can enjoy life. I can get into my woodworking and other things that I enjoy doing. And so everything that I do now is about am I safe? How can I create safety for myself and other people? Right. And I do that in this place. People can't see where I am at the moment, but I'm in a, in a room that's just full of plants. Yes. That, that's got ponds and flowing water and frogs in it. And this is my office and I invite people into this safe place and, and they're comfortable, they feel welcome, accepted and they can start talking about what's going on. So creating safety is a really good antidote to pain yes. and not being dramatised right. like I was in my PMS state so we can calm down and turn the knob and the volume down a bit. Right. Or stepping further, away from danger. You're right. And just in case some of our listeners may have missed the last episode, PMS means? Poor me syndrome. Right. Good job. Just want to make sure they're not confusing it with a female syndrome. <laughs> 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 but anyway, continue on. I'm so sorry. Yes, your, your space is incredible and it is so very comforting. For me, I was living, living alone after I did the program and... I'd sworn off getting back into a relationship because I had such a disastrous marriage. And it was so funny because I've got to attribute Dave Butler to this one too. We were sitting um, doing a education session in Glenorchy in Tasmania in a nursing home upstairs, mm -hmm. uh, talking to professionals and public about all of this stuff. And Dave had it just scanned around the room and as he does, and he got up and started to talk about the pharmacy cabinet in our brain mm. and the fact that we can we have all sorts of chemicals that we can tap into 24-7, that it's free and that it, that's available even on Christmas Day. And 
of course, Dims shut down the production of our happy pills right. and ramp up the sad pills, so to speak. So he was saying to this group, he said, what do you think releases all of the, the endorphins and dopamine and all the happy pills? And there was a bit of a silence and he yelled out, what about sex? <laughs> <laughs> And the room just erupted. We've got all these old people sit, sitting, sitting in wheelchairs, just starting to nod and grin. <laughs> it was so, so funny. It's a great icebreaker. Um, but on a serious note, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, maybe there is something in this relationship stuff. Maybe things could be different. So, again, it's just cracking open the door to thinking yeah. a little bit differently. That's right. And within May, I started to... I met a lady and started to talk, and by October we'd, we'd married, and so my whole life was revolutionised. And uh, I'm now in a very loving relationship where we we enjoy each other's company, we've got each other's back, and that's a huge sim. Absolutely, where where to be in that safe place, a relationship that's working well. So, I guess when I contemplate what what's what's important. What's important is to be curious, to be inquisitive, to be open to change. And we really are in the change business. Uh, we're about creating change and doing it differently because we know that if things stay the same, not only do they stay the same, it gets worse. Right. Because more, more, more of the same locks us into right. that leaning back on what the medical world has to offer. So what I learned was that there's a lot that can be done to improve my well-being and that that has a direct impact on my pain. It calms me down. It settles me. Uh, I can have hope and expectation of recovery and I don't have to rely on the pills. My new pill, you know, my medication now is doing life right. rather than um, taking chemicals. So well said. I do have a question for you on that note. That was yep. so very well said. In your process, did you have any setbacks where it really, or a relapse of any sort? I mean, I know there are pain flares, but was there a moment when you felt like, oh gosh, how do I dig myself out of this again? And if you did, what did you do about it? Oh, you know, it's, it's so funny you say that because, you know, three years after doing the program, preparing for our wedding and Kay, my wonderful wife Kay, is incredibly creative and she's a chef. And so we decided to do the catering for our wedding and we had a lot of organising and planning to do and organising and planning and creativity don't fit well together in, in people's personalities. And so we had to do stuff that was challenging and in the three weeks before the wedding, my right leg just stopped working. I couldn't, I was in a lot of pain and I couldn't put pressure on the brake pedal of the car enough to be able to stop the car. Mm -hmm. So I had to stop driving. And the first thing I did was phone a friend. Mm. So my dear friend, Lysanthia, I called her. She's a physiotherapist and involved with pain revolution at the time. And I was telling Lysanthia what was going on. And she said, Trevor, do you think you might be a bit stressed at the moment? Yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. 
And here I was racing around, busy trying to organise the wedding and the catering and everything that had to happen because we had friends that were helping us do different parts of the catering and they had to be organized we had to know that things were going to turn up at a certain time and yeah. all of this stuff and i just it just leveled me you might be a bit stressed so i just realized that i was stressed right so right. i started to acknowledge that accept it and then deal with it throw in a bit of enjoying this stuff and laughing about life and stuff. And then I went to a physio to get moving. He wanted to see me for, you know, six to ten, ten sessions, but I was right after three, so I didn't go back. <laughs> well, you used all your other skill sets, which was... Amazing. I just had to, yeah, I just Your had to get back to, to acknowledging the stress, dealing with it, and then and getting moving and active again, um, rather than being highly protective. So, yes, I did have a, a significant flare-up at that point. And it's isn't it nice that we can go back to the self-management tools that we've learned? That's exactly and we can put them put them into practice. And whenever I have a flare-up, I just think, what have you not been doing in the last few days? And it's usually the fact that I've been busy with other things and haven't had a chance to get to the pool or haven't gone for the walk or it's been too hot and windy or cold, haven't been outside walking. Those things really do help with managing our pain. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I have one last question before I let you go. Because all the work you do, and I love the fact that you are mentoring so many people really around the world, it sounds like, how do you feel that impacts your pain management? How is your helping others really impact on your overall health? Oh, that's a, a lovely question, Dana, because part of safety in me is being able to get into meaningful things. So meaningful activities. I couldn't think of anything more meaningful than sitting down, listening to someone's story and helping to unpack it and help helping them to focus on what's important for them. And when we think about what matters in, in this space of helping recovery, we need to focus on the values and the goals that each of us have. Mm-hmm. And for me, a goal of being able to walk more is connected to spending time with my grandkids and going for walks. And I've got, yeah. I've got a photo of Miss Two-Year-Old with her leg up on a park bench, stretching her calf, and me standing next to her, stretching my calf. I'm, just, oh. I'm there at the park, stretching her calf, and, and I look to one side. My daughter picks up the camera because my dear two, two-year-old granddaughter is doing the same thing oh and that would have been so special for your daughter too not only your granddaughter. oh yeah your daughter yeah so so what brings meaning to me is different to you and other people but if we concentrate on being able to do stuff that has meaning for us and so when I'm coaching or talking to people and they start to get it and they start to do it and bring change into their life and start to see hope for change uh, that does something for me deep inside. I really, I just sit back and let it happen. But I'm, I'm, it's just in a small way nice to be part of it. Good. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're so, so very good at it. I'm, again, I cannot say thank you enough for giving me three opportunities to talk to you about this. I know it's going to impact someone along the way beyond just our little podcast here. So thank you so much again for being here. There's one other thing I'd like to fit in if we can. Of course. And that is... You know, what's pain revolution? Well, pain revolution is a group of 
pain scientists and clinicians, some of the best people in the world come together in Australia and each year they do a bike ride through rural communities and it's designed to replicate pain. So it's a gruelling mm. uh, ride and people ride. To, but as we go through the different towns, we stop and do education and we talk to clinicians and, and also the public about all of this stuff. But we don't just leave it there. We have what's called a local pain educator network. Mm-hmm. And they are people who do a 12-month graduate certificate in pain science and, and they're already allied health people, physiotherapists, psychologists, occupational therapists, etc. So they do this 12-month course, they're mentored and then they go out into their own community and do education in rural areas that are isolated. Mm-hmm. And... We have lots of resources uh, that we produce, so it's really worthwhile having a look up Pain Revolution Australia and tap into some great resources. Right. Oh, that's a perfect way to end off. We will link that, if I can, within this podcast as well. So thank you very much. And I'm going to go check out Pain Revolution too. Thank you again, Trevor. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Dana. Lovely to meet you.